Tonight we're starting a series called Stay, or excuse me, Say Cheese. As Chambers said earlier, we're starting a series called Say Cheese, and you're like, what in the world does Say Cheese mean? That is a totally fair question. Say Cheese is this series where we're going to explore the depths of truths that sound cheesy. Um, Thank you for the one person that thought that was funny. Tonight, the cheesy statement that we're going to examine that I may not say the rest of the night is this. It is taming the tongue. Sounds weird, but that's the reality. That's the cheesy statement that you might have heard at some point in your life, and that's what we're going to tackle tonight as we look specifically on the subject of gossip. Taming the tongue. I won't say it again. Gossip. And the reason why we're going to talk about gossip tonight is because I was looking up some statistics. And statistically speaking, between one-fifth and two-thirds of adult conversation, some of you are like, I just graduated to adult. Yes, you did. If you're over the age of 18, which I hope is most people in this room. If you're not, you're still welcome. But the reality is, for the majority of us, but one-fifth and two-thirds of our adult conversation is gossip. And so for some of you, you're like, I'm not that bad. Maybe you're the one-fifth. Congratulations. But some of us might be in this moment realizing, oh, crud. (laughs) Two-thirds of conversation? Yeah, that actually might be me. And quite frankly, as I was preparing for this, the last week and a half has been absolutely embarrassing. And I usually, for those that are new at Vertical, I usually start with this crazy, funny story where I try to get your attention and hook you and then, and then just swerve you to Jesus. And we talk about that the whole time. Like for those that know me, that's what usually happens. But tonight, I can't even really win you with a story about gossip without me inherently gossiping and being a hypocrite from the start. So that's why we're not doing that tonight. But sincerely, like... As I've been preparing, I'm like, man, I actually do this all the time. And, and it's, it's been so embarrassing that when we were, I was in Kansas this weekend with Chambers and Jeremy, and we, there was a moment where I told them, guys, I literally have less to say. And I tell you that to start the night to just say, hey, this is going to be relevant and it's going to hit home is, is the prayer, but my real hope is that gossip wouldn't distract you from the fact that the hope is going to come from Jesus Christ tonight, okay? There might be a ton of conviction that comes, but don't miss the cross. The reckless love of God that we just sang about is going to be the highlight and the hope, and I just want to tell you from the beginning, don't get caught up in the lack of hope and the conviction of the fact that we gossip a ton. We have a savior and his name is Jesus. We just sang about him and we're about to learn more about him. So I just want to I just want to start with that tonight. You're like that's crazy. I just gave the whole sermon already. You're right. <laughs> I did already give it. But gossip is this huge part of our life and uh, culture really for the most part says that it's good or at least it's not that bad. But most of us grew up in homes where our mom at some point told us, if you don't have anything nice to say, then don't say anything at all. Am I right? Has anyone been told that? Okay, all three of you that grew up in the Baptist church, that's good. And so, uh, like, gossip is this thing where where we know it's, it's, like, culture tells us good, we know it's probably not, but there's also a $3 billion industry that talks about gossip. 
$3 billion talking about what people do behind people's backs and who slept with who in the celebrity world and all these different things. It makes money. And when I was in college, uh, apps were being created because of gossip. For example, this dates me, but Yik Yak started when I was in college. (laughs) This is the group of Yik Yakers over here. Like, Like Yik Yak was a thing. I don't know if it still is, but the reality was like, I've been there. I've, I've ended up on Yik Yak. It's not fun, but it makes sense why people w- would get on it because gossip is so acceptable for the most part. But deep down, like most of us know, you know, we shouldn't gossip too much, right? Like there's just, you know, certain levels that should be allowed. And so there's, there's this gossip, but we kind of know it's wrong. And, and, and so I was wrestling with this as we're thinking about like gossip, what all these different things like I was like, why do we gossip? That's what I was trying to realize. Like, why do we do it? And I just want to relieve some stress in the room. It, it kind of, I just want to point out the fact that gossip kind of feels good to our flesh. Like, gossip makes us feel important, like, deep, deep within us. When we can cast a judgment or declare an opinion about somebody else while they're not there, it kind of gives us this sort of, of like self-gratifying, twisted, I don't, I don't know exactly what it is, but it's just selfish. But it, and it kind of just makes us feel good. And, and sometimes it just makes us feel good to be in the know, to have the scoop on what's going on and whatever's going on, relationships of other people, school, the organizational drama, I don't know what it is, but sometimes it just, it feels good to know. I'm like, oh, you didn't hear? Oh, let me tell you. It, it, within us, our flesh, it, it feels good. It gives us power. It, it's all false power, but it, it makes us feel that way. And sometimes we even find deep, deep security in it. And so, as I said, one-fifth, to two-thirds of our conversation is gossip. That's statistics. That's not like, that's not some Christian just making up a statistic to make everyone feel guilty. That's like what it says in the New York Times and Forbes and all the secular organizations that publish articles about gossip that I had to read in order to prepare for this, okay? And so tonight we're gonna see a few things. We're gonna see that gossip divides. We're gonna see that gossip destroys we're going to see that gossip defines. And we're going to close by seeing that gossip is contrary to the cross. Another way of saying that is gossip is contrary to the gospel. But that kind of gets my tongue twisted, so we're not going to use that, okay? Gossip is contrary to the cross is where we'll end. I want to start tonight by defining gossip. If you're taking notes, I'd love for you to write down in your notes, what is my definition of gossip? Because as you leave here, what I think you might realize is you need to define it for yourself. This week, I've been talking to people about gossip, and what it's come to is, oh, well, in the end, it comes down to our definition of what gossip is. So that's my first question to you tonight. Write it down. What is my definition of gossip? Here's mine. Freebie tonight. I hope it's not, like, terrible. I hope somebody doesn't come up after and tell me how wrong it is. This is my definition, personal definition. It's this. Gossip is saying something about somebody that you wouldn't say to their face. That's my personal definition of gossip. 
so that we can move on tonight and start talking about gossip and see what the Bible says about gossip. Gossip is saying something about somebody that you wouldn't say to their face or shouldn't say to their face. For some of you, you're like, I'd say anything to anyone's face. You're like, okay, all right. You add shouldn't as well. Wouldn't and shouldn't say to their face. <laughs> and so we're gonna, we're gonna look at the Bible. Look at what the Bible has to say about it. There is a lot that the Bible has to say, especially in the book of Proverbs. There is so much in the book of Proverbs about um, gossip and lying and slander and all these different things. We're going we're gonna to look primarily at Proverbs 16.28. That's where we're going to start tonight. One verse, Proverbs 16.28. If you want to turn in your Bibles there, that's where we're going to start. This is what it says. It's on the screen. A dishonest man spreads strife. And a whisperer separates close friends. If you have the NIV, yours says a gossip separates close friends. Maybe you're reading the NASB. It's the slanderer separates close friends. And what I want you to know about this portion of Proverbs is that there's a parallelism between the dishonest man and the whisperer. And they're kind of synonymous in this portion of Scripture that this gossip and this slanderer, this whisperer, it's just this dishonest man. And it's saying true and false talk behind people's backs separates close friends. And so our first point tonight is this, that gossip divides. Gossip divides. You can write that down. Many gossip to unite under a common cause. I was in a, I was in a plane on the way to Kansas this week. There's this Aggie sitting next to me. I'm like, oh, I'm going to ask them what they think about gossip. I asked them what they think about gossip. Why do people gossip? And she immediately said, it unifies people under a common cause. And I'm like, you must have read the dictionary on why people gossip. Like, this is exactly what studies show. People think you, they do it because it unifies. You have a common cause. Let's just give a quick example. Um, I don't like Scott, and you don't like Scott. We have this unifying cause that neither of us like my friend Scott that I went to college with, right? So it unifies us. For a, a split second, you're like, oh, we both don't like Scott. This is amazing. Let's also talk about how we don't like the shirt that he's wearing and we don't like his shoes most days of the week and how he smells. All these different things that you think that gossip unifies. But what Proverbs is pointing out just immediately is that gossip divides. And it's not just that gossip divides uh, because it, puts people, it pits people against each other. Gossip divides a few different ways. I just want to prove this to you just socially. One, it creates a social environment of suspicion. How many of us have gossiped before? We participated in gossip. We're talking to maybe two or three people about somebody else, and then we leave the conversation, and we walk away, and kind of as we're walking away, we're realizing, I wonder what's being said about me behind my back. Gossip divides, creates this environment of suspicion where we're always thinking about whether or not others are talking bad about us. And really, it, it also creates a social environment of selfishness. It makes us always aware of, like when we walk in a room, of the way people see us. It's this selfish desire. It's always thinking about what others are saying and thinking about us. Gossip divides. And the reason why it's, I start with this point tonight is because I don't think we realize the implications of gossip. We don't know where it leads. 
And so I'm trying to prove to you and point out to you that gossip doesn't unify you under a certain cause. Maybe on the surface it does, but in reality what it's really doing is it's, it's creating this environment of division. But it's so deeply ingrained in us that we choose to gossip anyways. We know it's divisive. We've seen people lose friendships over gossip. I won't ask you to raise your hands. Just think back to friends that have broken up, you know? That happened in college. It was like, I'm never talking to that person again. A lot of times it's because what they found out somebody said behind their back. Gossip divides. This may age me and may make me not look cool anymore. But when, when I was in college, uh, like I, I was dating this girl, we broke up. And, and all of a sudden, very naturally, there was this thing that happened. And it was that everyone started taking sides. It was like people would run into me and be like, hey, I heard, I heard about this. Don't worry, though, bro. I'm on Team Dale. Don't worry about it, right? <laughs> team Dale forever. Hashtag Team Dale. Like people subtweet. Whoop, just throwing it at them, all right? Just throwing darts. Like, I don't care what they say. Haters. They're all haters. Team Dale forever, right? Like, that's what we do. Gossip stinking divides. It's like a perfect example. And it, you're like, oh, that's dumb. But the reality is that's kind of the way things happen. Gossip divides. If not uh, physically, it, it, it makes people take sides when it's totally unnecessary. Again, it, it might just be subconsciously. Team Dale. But <laughs> a lot of times it happens just outright. It divides. So that's the first point tonight is that gossip divides. We're going to look at the second point tonight in Ephesians 4, 29 through 32. If you want to turn your Bibles there. If not, it's on the screen. This is what it says. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God has forgiven you. You're like, that didn't say anything about gossip. That is correct. Paul is saying, don't let anything come out of your mouth except for something that's building up. Building up. Our second point tonight is that gossip destroys. Gossip is meant to tear others down. Paul is saying, don't let anything that comes out of your mouth tear others down. Paul is saying, the gospel changes us in a way Christian living looks like building others up. And gossip on the other end of that destroys. And the reason why our second point tonight is that gossip destroys and why it's important for us to understand the destruction of gossip. uh, Division and destruction are very similar But gossip divides, it also destroys. And the reason why I'm pointing this out is because gossip is rarely disciplined. Like you don't hear about church discipline all the time. Like, yeah, we had to sit down and rebuke a gossip this week. No, 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 no. Usually like conflict resolution, all that stuff is is happening for like the crazy sins, like adultery. Like we had to sit down and deal with all this. No, no, no. And and usually not in your conversations of daily life are people saying, hey, hey, I I really think that you should gossip less. It's destructive. It's it's rarely disciplined, but it's consistently destructive. Rarely disciplined, but consistently destructive. 
And, and we need to understand that gossip destroys because so many of us are just writing off our gossip as, you know, well, I didn't mean, I, did, I had good intentions when I said that. I really didn't mean to destroy them. I didn't mean to trash them. Uh, if somebody were to ask you, would you say that to somebody else's face, what you just said about them? You'd be like, like, no, but I don't feel like it's gossip because, insert any sort of justification. My intentions weren't that bad. That's what we tend to do. We justify gossip when in reality, all gossip is doing is destroying others, putting others down. You're taking, you're singling out another person and something about them, and you're just trying to make them look worse so that you can look better. That's what gossip is doing. It destroys. And just a side note with its destruction, I think part of the reason why gossip is so destructive is because a lot of gossip is true. Like sincerely, it's easier to justify. Sometimes it even seems like it's not sin because it's like, no, but she really did do that. So why can't I say that? It's not a lie. But gossip destroys. It's just making others look worse. And what Paul is saying is, no, somebody that is walking with Jesus doesn't let a single unwholesome thing come out of their mouth. It's just only, you only say things that build others up. To illustrate gossip destroys, this quick point. Gossip is like a grenade. That's it. I don't have a grenade to hold or show you. I text my team and ask them to bring one. They didn't have one for me. But gossip is like a grenade. It's destructive to multiple people. It's always hurting multiple people at a time. It's not just a bullet. It is a grenade. It rarely just hurts one person. And statistically speaking, gossip usually isn't just said to one person. It's usually said to multiple people if it's juicy enough. That's what the statistics say. It's not, if, if you're willing to say it to one person, then you're usually willing to say it to multiple people. That's what the statistics say. And so that's why gossip hurts like a grenade and gossip destroys because gossip hurts you and I as we say it about others. It hurts the listener because you're giving them information that they don't know what to do with. It's sin to even listen to it, to participate in. And then it's hurting the person that you're speaking against Because you're just making them look worse and yourself look better. Gossip destroys. And then third point, we're doing four points, so we're going a little quicker tonight, a little different, shaking things up. Gossip divides, but lastly, I think gossip defines. Gossip defines, and and just so you understand, this is what I mean by that. Gossip defines you as your sin. So-and-so did this. Let's pick on Scott. Scott cheated. That describes Scott as a cheater. Gossip defines you as your sin. That, in turn, makes sin your identity. What we're doing when we're gossiping is that we are defining people by their sin, and we ourselves may even be defined by our sin. And if that was the way culture Worked. If we were just defined and identified by gossip, then we would just be identified with our sin. And to illustrate this, one of my roommates in college cheated, and he cheated in college, and I uh, asked for his permission to share this story, just for clarity. Um, he, he was going out of town for Thanksgiving break. He wanted that perfect attendance thing in those classes, so he had somebody click in for him. Some of you are like, 
It's not a big deal. No, it's actually cheating, okay? And so he uh, flew to Atlanta, and of course, the professor emailed him, hey, I noticed you weren't in your seat, but you clicked in, and he was like, curse words. And so he comes back over from Atlanta over the break, and uh, the teacher turns him in for cheating. He has to retake the class. That was a long story, but all that to say, a few years later, he introduces himself uh, to somebody, and this girl turns to the guy that he's introducing himself to. I know this is confusing. But the girl says, hey, this is the guy that cheated on his test in college that I've told you about. Just straight up, like, just calling him out, throwing him under the bus, bro. And and in the moment, she kind of caught herself. She's one of our friends. And so she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, that's so silly. And Johnny being gracious was like, no, that's fine. (laughs) It's fine. We're not friends anymore, but it's fine, right? Johnny was gracious in the moment, but we were talking about it, and he, he legitimately was like, hey, like in the moment, it was hard, but quite frankly, like I haven't forgotten it. That was years ago. She defined me as a cheater. And that's what we tend to do. That's what gossip tends to do is define us as our sin. Gossip defines. And the reason why I think that's important to note tonight is because the gospel is contrary to gossip. 1 Peter 2, says this, He committed no sin, neither was defe- deceit found in his mouth. This is talking about Jesus. He committed no sin. He was perfect. Neither was deceit found in his mouth. Gossip identifies you by your sin. The gospel identifies you with your Savior. Gossip identifies you as your sin. It makes sin your identity. And what the gospel does, it identifies you with Jesus Christ. When God the Father looks at you, if you're in Christ, if you have accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, when God the Father looks at you, he sees Jesus's perfect obedience on your behalf. He sees the righteousness of Jesus Christ. One day when you stand before the judgment seat of God and God says, why should I let you in? All you can say, you and I can say as believers in Jesus is because of what he did for me. And what I love about the gospel and what I love about this truth compared to gossip is that gossip will forever identify you as your sin. And quite frankly, that's not very hopeful for you and I. If we're just our sin, then we're all in trouble. But thankfully, but God, being rich in mercy, sent his son to die on the cross on our behalf. And he didn't just die on the cross on our behalf. He also didn't utter deceit. His mouth was perfect. What's also crazy about this is that Peter walked with Jesus for three years. The dude that wrote this is literally saying, I was with him. He didn't utter deceit. No slander, no no bad, nothing came out of his mouth. That is absolutely crazy. I think so many times we forget to to just dwell on Jesus's perfection. Can we just acknowledge for a moment that like we don't go a day without gossiping or uttering deceit or a lie or this or that. And Jesus went his entire life without it on our behalf. Gossip defines you as your sin. The gospel defines you and identifies you 
with the cross of Jesus Christ. It goes on to say that he committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you and I have been healed. For you were straying like a sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. What we see is that gossip is contrary to the cross. Gossip is contrary to the cross. I'm going to say it again. Jesus lived this perfectly gossipless life on our behalf, died the death that we deserved because of the gossipers and sinners that we are, resurrected from the grave and defeat of all sin so that we can live with him. And that changes us. The gospel of Jesus transforms our lives and it transforms our conversations from gossip. We're no longer to divide as gossip divides. We're no longer to destroy as gossip destroys. We're no longer to define others by their sin. We're not even called to define ourselves by our sin. We're called to love. We're called to be unified as the body of Christ. The opposite of the gospel is building others up. as, As Paul told us in Ephesians, the opposite of the of God, or excuse me, did I say God? Dang it. I told you I was going to do that. The opposite of gossip, excuse me, is building others up. The opposite of gossip is love. And what I want you to hear, though, just above all else, though, is that God loves you and I, despite how much we've gossiped, no matter how much we've sinned. And he loves us. Dearly, as we just sang about, the reckless love, it doesn't make sense. That love is what allows us to love others. Love God and love others is probably the mantra that we may have heard before. And that's what we're called to. And it's the opposite of gossip, those things. And so tonight, I just want us to ask ourselves the question like, did I gossip today? Like, did I gossip this week? How much of my week do I spend gossiping? How much of my day do I spend gossiping? I don't know. Sincerely, like, think about it. I'm going to give you 10 seconds to think about this. (laughs) Think about who you talked to today and what you talked about. Seriously. So in summary, we've seen That gossip divides, gossip destroys, gossip defines us as our sin. But most importantly, that gossip is contrary to the cross. And the gospel frees us from gossip. Frees us from identifying us and others as our sin. And so, to close tonight, I'm going to help you and I both understand what do we do about gossip. As the band's coming up, I'm going to run through a few of these things. First thing I want us to know is that we need to refuse gossip. We need to cut out the, she is a handful. That's gossip. 
He's the woat. I said it this week of somebody. I repent. <laughs> He's the woat. That's gossip. It's funny now. It's funny. It's not funny. It's sin. We deserve death because of it. We're still laughing. Doesn't matter. Did you hear about so-and-so going out last night and getting drunk? We need to cut it out. We need to refuse the gossip. Cut out the Christian gossip too. I did it this week with my own team. I said, hey, will you be praying for my friend? He's really struggling with X, X, Y, Z, and X, and Y, Z, plus X. All these different things, right? I literally said, and I go, of course, this is perfect. I'm teaching on gossip, and I, myself, and the chief of sinners, we walk around, we're like, hey, will you pray for my roommate, Claire? She's really been hooking up with a lot of dudes recently. They're this dude, this dude, this dude, and this dude. You may have heard of them. Cut it out. Refuse gossip. The first one is refuse gossip. It's funny. We may have said it this week. You laugh because you're like, I remember my roommate saying that last night. Yes. Cut it out, though. And know where you tend to gossip the most. Some of us, it's on the front porch. People drive by, we're like, oh, I rem- did y'all hear what that girl did? Yep. Or I did you hear what that guy did? Oh, yeah, that's the dude that did this. On the porch, it's too easy. There's some girls that I know for a fact at Baylor University have a gossip hour, like sincerely. It's a thing. Every day, they debrief. But the reality is we need to know ourselves. We need to refuse gossip because you might not have an hour named gossip hour, but there might be times where you have a tendency towards gossip. And you need to know the people you're around where you have a tendency to gossip. You need to refuse it. You need to know going in, man, I have a tendency to do this. So tonight I'm going to be extra careful. We need to refuse gossip. We need to rebuke gossip. There's this thing that I try to live by, our team tries to live by, and it's the 24-hour rule. Maybe you want to do the 48-hour rule or the 72-hour rule, but this is what it means, that you don't let stuff get between you and other people. If I go and talk bad about Scott behind his back, it is, it is my friend's responsibility to say, hey, you need to tell Scott to his face that you think that of him, and you need to ask for forgiveness for saying that behind his back. It's called the 24-hour rule. It's absolutely ridiculous. but it's the way we're called to live. Refuse it, rebuke it, invite others to rebuke it within you. Invite your friends to help you live according to the ways that we're called to live, according to the gospel of Jesus Christ. First, refuse gossip. Second, rebuke gossip. Third, redirect gossip. Be the weirdo that says, you know, guys, I don't think we should be talking about this. Be the weirdo that says that isn't our business. Be the weirdo that just says, hey, guys, let's talk about something different. Refuse, rebuke, redirect. Lastly, replace gossip. If one-fifth to two-thirds of our time is gossip, let's think, pray, and say a lot better things with that time. Let's change the way we live because of the gospel of Jesus Christ changes us. Refuse, rebuke, redirect, gossip. And then lastly, maybe replace gossip with building others up. But lastly, like I was thinking about this just before I got on the stage. Like tonight, you might need to go tell somebody. You need to redeem gossip. You need to say, hey, I am so sorry. Will you ask for my forgiveness? Or will you forgive me? Excuse me. Because you are the person I talk about the most, and I am deeply sorry. There's people you might even be sitting next to. There's roommates you might live with. Redeem it. Ask for forgiveness. 
Love others as God has loved us. Lastly, I complained to some friends this weekend. This is really, really hard. My friend responded back, it's actually impossible apart from Jesus. I found that to be so, so, so true. Tonight, I don't want you to leave with tips and tricks, the refuse, rebuke, all those R's. I want you to leave with the perfection and love of Jesus Christ and the fact that we need him. We need his love dearly. May the good news of Jesus Christ transform our lives. Let's pray. Lord, we just ask that you would you would help us. Help us to be transformed by the gospel, Lord. Help us not leave here just with the tips and tricks and just fix ourselves, quit gossiping. All right, I'm going to leave here and just quit gossiping. No, Lord, help us to leave here understanding that the only hope we have comes from Jesus Christ and that the gospel transforms our lives and keeps us from gossip. Father, help us. That's my prayer, my simple prayer for all of us, myself included. Lord, help us. Love others as you have loved us. Jesus, I pray this and I ask this 